This episode of Her Brilliant Health Radio is brought to you by The Shine Shake, energizing, detoxifying, and balancing morning breakfast replacement shake. 18 grams of protein, low carb, no blender required. Just pop it in your shaker bottle with water and shake it and go out the door. Yummy vanilla latte flavor. It'll give you clean burning energy all the way to lunch. Enjoy. Available at KieranDunstonMD.com. You're listening to Her Brilliant Health Radio, episode number 47. She used to deliver babies, but now she delivers exceptional wellness for women. Welcome to Her Brilliant Health Radio, where holistic women's health expert and board-certified OBGYN Dr. Kieran Dunstan shares revolutionary insight from leading experts on what you need to know today to treat the root cause of disease, heal, and create the radiant health you've been searching for. It's Dr. Kieran here with another episode of Her Brilliant Health Radio. Thank you so much for joining me today. Today we are going to talk about radical self-care for women. I know you think you know what radical self-care is or you know what self-care is, but what is radical self-care and should we even be calling it self-care? That's one of the questions that we're going to be talking about today with my guest Brody Welch and I'm going to tell you a little bit about her. She's a licensed acupuncturist board-certified herbalist, and a self-care strategist. She helps self-aware, high-achieving women break the cycle of stress, overwhelm, and self-sabotage so they can enjoy the lives they're working so hard to create and live into their potential. Working at the confluence of wellness and personal development, she has helped thousands of clients optimize their weight, digestion, hormones, sleep, mood, and vitality with strategic support in bridging the gap between what they know they should be doing to take care of themselves and actually doing it without feeling guilty. She's the founder of Life in Balance Acupuncture in Corvallis, Oregon, where she has been treating patients since 2003. She's also the creator and host of A Healthy Curiosity, the podcast that explores what it takes to be well in a busy world. Welcome, Brody. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to talk to you. Yes, and as we were just having a little chit-chat before we started the episode, we were talking about should it even be called self-care? I know that in lots of podcasts and when working with clients, whether one-on-one or in groups, self-care is a huge component of what I recommend and help people to understand. But it's gotten to be kind of pat, so let's talk about that. What, What does that mean? Is it an appropriate term? Yeah, well, it's, it just seems like so often women are sold this notion that all we need is a spa day and suddenly everything in our lives will be great, you know, and we'll it just, and while I'm a huge fan of spa days, I think there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. 
Uh, truly, when we're talking about self-care, the way we care for ourselves is, is something that happens moment to moment and day in and day out. And it's not a one and done deal. It's not just going out and getting a pedicure uh, because that's not really that's not really investing in our well-being for the long haul, nor is it really establishing a core competency of what it takes to, to show up for ourselves. And so I've been thinking more that it's like rather than thinking about it from like, you know, self-care as this optional thing that might even feel self-indulgent or selfish, but rather something that's really essential and that is really a way that we embody self-respect. Oh, I love that. So self-care is not one and done. That's a quotable Brody Welch right there. And really how we embody self-respect and and love, I would say. Yeah, like let me give you an example. If, yeah. if, uh, if you're if your sister, your daughter, your best friend came to you and said, Dr. Kieran, I am so exhausted. I have been working like 50 hour weeks. I've been, you know, just like that, uh, my, um, my cat's sick, my, you know, just like this litany of issues. Would you say something like, oh, well, you know, um, everybody works 50 hours weeks. It's just what you do. You know, like, yeah, well, you know, things happen and you're a machine, so just deal with it. You know, like that, like probably not. You'd probably give her some compassion. You'd probably remind her that, that we need both activity and rest, that we're human beings and that we can't expect the same things for ourselves when we have um, emotional challenges, things in our lives that need our attention that take us away perhaps from our work. And yet so often with ourselves, we feel like we're not doing doing enough, we feel like we need to just be pushing through whatever it is, that we feel like we, that if somebody else needs us or if, uh, if there's a demand that we, a, a deadline that we have to meet um, at work, that that's a good enough reason to blow off the um, the basic signals like tiredness, like like even needing to go to the bathroom or needing to drink water or being hungry or, or needing to move our bodies. And we say, essentially, every time we, we, we say, yeah, yeah, I, I hear you, but I'm not going to listen to you, we're telling our bodies, we're telling our souls, you don't matter. You don't matter nearly as much as the doing, the productivity, uh, the outward aspect of who we are. And so from a Chinese medicine standpoint, this is about yin and yang, right? Mm -hmm. The yin and yang are these are these forces of dynamic balance that everything in the universe needs and has, uh, but that but that really are essential for one another's existence. And so if we're just in the society that's glorifying the yang, like the busy, the doing, right. the faster, the external, um, the what it looks like as opposed to what it feels like, the, 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 the presence, the being, the slowing down, the you know the 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 honoring what's inward instead of what's outward really the feminine um it, it's like it's it, you can't just have that half of the coin right that that both are necessary for one another's existence and so as a culture we are totally yang addicted and as women it, especially having to kind of like extra approve ourselves in this young addicted world, right? Having to work harder to make the same amount that men do, having the additional assumptions that if we have families or partners or households that we're the ones responsible for taking care of them or aging parents or whatever, that there's the pressures are disproportionately falling on women. And so it is, it's sort of uh, that much 
more difficult for the most part for us to step into the basics of self-care, right? Or in this case, embodying self-respect as I'm calling it, whether that's making time to meditate or making time to do the thing you love most in the world or to move your body in a way that feels good or to nourish yourself deeply with food as opposed to just grabbing something that's quick and easy. And that really it's, um, it, so I do see that, that in our society, we as women, if in order to change this culture, in order to give other women permission to do the same, we need to be embodying this notion of like, yeah, if I wouldn't, if I would, if I wouldn't want that for my best friend or my sister, I shouldn't want it for myself. Right. And so if I'm hearing you correctly, you're saying that self-care really is an action and it can be trivialized with a spa day, but it really is about so much more. And I agree, we are young, addicted. That's so true. And we are yin deficient. Yes. Deficient in our feminine. But what does it really involve? So it's having compassion. And I recently um, did hear someone talking about that um, they didn't, they thought that self-love was overused and that it's really self-compassion that we're needing to foster, but it's self-respect, self-compassion, self-nurturance appropriately, honoring our own boundaries. So Mm -hmm. there's so many components to radical self-care and I guess when I say radical self-care that's kind of what I'm intimating is that Mm -hmm. it's not just a spa day it's loving and being devoted having devotion to yourself in a way that you are your most precious relationship and care and nurturance for yourself is is really what's involved does that make sense absolutely it's something that um that I've really found that it, that my clients need permission to be to put themselves at the top of their own to-do list. Mm -hmm. And it's something that I have a lot of compassion for because it's been my greatest struggle as well. I absolutely identify with how much I'm getting done, how many people I'm serving or helping or what, what kind of a contribution I'm making. And I really struggle with just feeling worthy uh, just by the mere fact that I exist. Right. You know, that, uh, because it, it's, um, and it really is, it's that reclaiming the yin that can be, can be really difficult. And I think where really spirituality comes in and, and is an, a hugely important piece here is recognizing that if there is a spark of the divine, if I am this sort of vessel of consciousness, if I have particular gifts that are uniquely mine, then it, it's um, it, at, that a lot of these things can be conveyed with our presence as well as like our doingness. And so it, it's, um, so yeah, it's a, like philosophically, I agree with you and um, and it's also, it, it's, uh, it's the kind of thing that doesn't come easy in our society or, um, or if we're socialized to be doers, right. Or to, to be the one who is uh, either an overachiever or a people pleaser, or, you know, like these social masks that sometimes we wear in order to feel okay, you know, and that's, um, and that's very much kind of like it. So again, it's, it, it can be, it can be kind of oversimplified of like, oh yeah, just take care of yourself. It's like, well, that for a lot of people, that's, that's a huge hurdle. It's like, well, what does it cost us to actually do that? And for a lot of us, it's ego death. Right. It, it requires it requires stopping identifying with a particular um, something that we've developed in order to feel comfortable, in order to, to feel like we are um, 
in order to feel safe. And so those are kind of some depletion strategies that I've identified from a Chinese medicine standpoint of these different social masks that, that we wear and really getting comfortable with the fact that, that so, you know, even stress, right? Like stress is, it, there's nothing inherently stressful, but our minds and it make things into stress. And typically our survival is not being threatened. It's the survival of who we think we need to be in order to be okay, right? And so, so it's one thing, you know, that, so it, I have, I have a, a coaching group, for example, and we focus on different habits and really making, automating these mundane things so that we can, uh, so that all of that's just taken care of and we can turn our attention to where it really needs to go, which is the, the stuff that's difficult, the stuff that's challenging or the stuff that is of a, kind of a higher up on the, um, it requires more of our full humanity than just existing. So if we can automate those basics and make sure that, for example, you have a bedtime, that you have a morning routine where you align with what's the most important, that you know how to feed yourself in a way that feels nourishing, it, like just the, these, these kind of basic, like dead simple body habits, if we can get those to happen on autopilot, we free up so much bandwidth to, to focus on what really matters. And so it's a, a lot of times it's like, if we start with the premise that that um, this is actually that taking care of those things enables us to serve at a higher level and to show up for the people in our lives with presence and with love and patience, as well as giving our gifts to the world, it far more effectively. That it's uh, we're it it really it, it we can get to the yang via the yin. Ah. Uh. Yeah, and you said something a, a few sentences ago that I love is it's so the stress is something about the depth of who we think we need to be. Is that? Yeah, exactly. It? Right. And I love that because you're exactly right. I say tell people we'll go out and get me a bucket of stress and bring it back and you can't because it doesn't exist really in the world. It's only how we perceive or what we think and feel about what's happening or not happening in our lives. Yes. And, and I wonder, you know, for a lot of us caregivers and, uh, and women in general, um, we, we do, I was watching last night, the mask you wear, the documentary. Have you seen that? I have not, no. Oh, it's fabulous. And um, you can watch it on Amazon Prime and a few other outlets. And it's, it's particularly focused on little boys and how they basically garner or don this mask of the masculine and they're socialized into that and the costs of that. It's a fascinating documentary. Uh, but it just got me thinking about the similar mask for women and and what cost that it, 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 it costs us, I think, our health in a lot of ways. And so I think that our stress a lot of times is the, the fear of not being able to live up to the mask that we've created that gains us security in society and in our lives. And so I'm just it sounds like we're, we're on the same page with that. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and I think that, that that mask looks different, kind of depending, like from a Chinese medicine standpoint, we think okay. about the different element types, right? Wood, fire, earth, metal, and water. And that that may show up different for, uh, for a, a person of a different um, elemental type, right? That basically we can, we can have more of our energy going into, like we all have 
all of the five elements within us, but usually one or two will dominate. And if, our, but if our energy is going towards an element that doesn't really feel like us, it's a, another way that we distance ourselves from kind of a, uh, from who we really are, from our essential selves. Um, and so, so for example, um, it, you know, that someone who grows up in a household where achievement is really prized, you know, that, that sort of upward, outward driving and striving energy of the wood of trees growing, for example, like that person might, um, that, that, that might be kind of where their energy goes in life, liver, gallbladder. Um, for other other people, it might be about uh, about making everyone attending towards everyone else's needs, making sure that everyone else's needs are met. That's more mm-hmm. of an earth type kind of like the the ever nurturing, ever giving, ever loyal, ever generous, uh, but so, somewhat self sacrificing. Uh, the earth type is probably two of the most common survival strategies mm-hmm. that I see in my clients. Um, but certainly. Um, you know that just it, anything that is that is a an exaggeration of um, it, we may have the, some of that innately in us, but when it's over the top, it's like it it, it negates the the aspect of that that um, that that person is you know for example entitled to take care of herself as well, right? And that when she does, she's even more able to take care of the other people in her life. Um, and so, so those kinds of um, so that we can we can get really. Uh, specific and subdivide, but I think that really, you know, um, well, other, other, um, to survive in a, in a male dominated culture, for example, um, there, there's pressure to look a certain way. So like, it might be a metal strategy of like having the perfect body or the perfect clothes or the, you know, just trying to conform to what we're supposed to look like in order to, to again, feel either feel powerful, um, or, or to indeed, um, reap the benefits of the way that our society is set up and so it may be that like we look at well what what do i have to what do i have to trade off in order to have more of me you know in order to 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 be more real and it may be um actually letting somebody down it may be being less um less in that like untouchable um sort of safe zone that we occupy and and trading some some authenticity for that and it's risky. It's hard to do, which is why I think we need each other, you know, that we need to, to be able to give each other permission to do that and to uh, to really support one another in drawing boundaries or to filtering things like that our society's values through our own set of what we actually prioritize and think is important. Um, and so that our energy, our vital life force is going there and not to where we think it's supposed to be going in order to feel okay. Yeah, so giving it more to ourselves in in order of trying to almost barter for for our value and sustenance from other people by overgiving. Uh, yeah, sure. I, I'm, or if that's if that's your particular pathology, yeah, yes, pathology. Yeah, 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 exactly. And and recognizing that. You know, so so it, rather than beating ourselves up for like, oh yeah, I've done it again, right? I blew off my meditation because my kid needed something this morning, or like I, you know, I decided to skip my workout, um, you know, even though I know that makes me feel good because I had this thing to do at work. You know, like we recognize, okay, here's where my actions didn't line up with my values or where two things that I value seem to be in conflict, but I ended up picking the thing that like leaves me feeling empty inside, right? That, that requires a more of a, it requires a deeper spiritual inventory, but it also mm-hmm. that typically when, when we figure out why we made those choices, it's typically because of uh, that, it, this, this, um, this ego thing, right? Like this, who we think we need to be in the world. And right. that, 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 um, that really, it requires 
being able to kind of dissolve that and evolve into who we're becoming next, evolve into another version of ourselves that isn't so much that exaggeration. And so, you know, from a Chinese medicine standpoint, that will mean that our energy goes to different elements, that it runs in different directions, that it that it is, uh, and and that we put our chi and blood, right, our life force and mm-hmm. our, um, our 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 personalities into. Um, it into different patterns and that's how we mm-hmm. enable that that's how we enable ourselves to not break down and to continue to grow uh, because really in chinese medicine aging is this it, it is defined as a stasis of blood right where our our if energy our life force is like a river and it's supposed to be flowing all the time and what causes that to stagnate all right it, that uh, is I mean essentially if if we are just living in the same habituated patterned ways over and over again and we think that that's really the that's who we are that we think that that's who we have to be in the world mm-hmm. then um, it's like we we close the door to any new possibility of like any other potentiality and so when we see people who are thriving at age 100 it's because they're always learning they're always doing something new they're always experimenting and exploring and so mm-hmm. it's the the kind of thing that like what that as we think about health as being fully my definition of health is is being who we fully are um, mm-hmm. mind body and spirit that uh, being fully ourselves and self-expressive and self-actualized that uh, all of that's a piece of it but that requires kind of it, that recognizing when an outdated pattern that keeps us safe isn't good enough anymore and that we've moved beyond just safety you know that what what uh, the same habits that have helped humanity survive are not the ones that help us thrive right like just looking at our relationship with sugar for example it's like we don't need to be we're not like pretty much if we're listening to this podcast we're probably not on the verge of starvation and so it's the it, it's the idea that like that that's maybe an outdated evolution pattern so is fear right fear has its place like we need it to survive but for most of us it's like the things that are actually threatening our survival are are um like are they're in our heads like they're not actually threatening our survival they're threatening who we think we need to be and so to get beyond that to continue to evolve we um it it's uh it requires making this conscious shift towards it really fully embracing um our freedom and and all of who we think we could be instead of just historically what has kept us um you know off the radar screen or you know like allowed us to survive in the environment that we grew up in you mentioned the uh, element five elements and that people will tend to be one of those Mm -hmm. how would people listening who maybe have no experience with chinese medicine and the elements how what information would you share with them that they might know which element they are and then some ways that they could be in balance with that element well i actually have a whole course on this the basics of chinese medicine uh, because it's it's really um it's really hard to not get lost in jargon and like and and really but it's it can just be as simple as hanging out with these elements right that we know that we like just by hanging out with water we know that water seeks its own level right water has its own deep quiet power uh, that we know that water is reflective we know that water it you know can be peaceful like you you look at a, a calm lake or it can be um, super powerful like the Pacific Ocean and so we can we can look at at water and we can look at the yin and the yang inherent within water and we can think about and we can extrapolate for like the the kind of person that uh, that has those traits right that that drawn to spirituality and reflection and uh, sometimes being solitary and being still 
and being inward. It's the most yin of the elements, whereas fire, right, dynamic and warm and vivacious and giving and generous, all of these things that, that fire is, right? Fire is changing all the time. Fire is very stimulating. Fire is manifestation. It's doing it. So a fire type is going is gonna to be an extrovert. It's going to be someone who really enjoys being around other people's energy. That person mm-hmm. is going to be warm. They're going to be the life of the party. They're going to be, they're going to love being on stage. They're, you know, like, but, but if a fire type is, is too much the performer, right. You know, like that, if it's all an act, right. Like then they, then they're actually disconnected from the very warmth that they are seeking to personify. Like wood element I just described a little bit about, right. That upward, outward driving energy of growth, right. People who want to be leading on the cutting edge, people who like to be teaching people who like to be, um, it, you know, the, the doers, the people who are always like to be in motion, um, the, the people who can't relax until they've moved, you know, like the, there's an element of, of yang inherent in wood. Um, earth is, you know, that people who are grounded, people who are solid, supportive, generous, um, social, um, they, they, they're, they're the nurturers. Mm-hmm. And, and then metal is, uh, you know, is refined. It's metal's the only element that we don't find in nature uh, that, or that, that we can work with in a more in a more refined way, and so there, it's often um, the people who have a very refined taste, right? Are artists, or people who are very um, drawn to aesthetics, or people who, for whom like, there's a rigidity to metal. There's um, mm-hmm. there's a hardness that provides structure. So um, engineers, you know, tend to be kind of metal types, um, you know, or that reliance on there being um, logic to the world, or organization, hierarchy, those kinds of things. So, so that just gives you a little taste of just kind of the, how everything in nature also exists inside our, our human, we are, we as humans are microcosms for the macrocosm that is all that is. And just like, and then that even goes way down, right? Where we can treat uh, just the hand or just the foot to treat the whole body, or we can treat just the scalp to treat the whole body or just the ear. There's, um, so we're, we're basically these fractal beings and we, we yeah. embody all of, all of nature within us. And that the, um, each of the elements has to do with like, you know, there's a dimension of the soul, there's a dimension of the emotions, there's an organ system, there's, uh, there's channels in the body. Like if you refine light through a prism, you can see all the colors. And that's kind of like energy or chi or like all that is, right? Energy and matter are the same thing according to Einstein's equation, right? E equals MC squared. We're changing matter and energy are changing into one another all the time. And it gets hard to talk about if it's just all the same thing. So in Chinese medicine, we subdivide it into yin and yang or we subdivide it into wood, fire, earth, metal, and water, which go, you know, in each organ system, it lines up with each of those elements. And so But from a Chinese medicine perspective, we can assess kind of like what's going on in our bodies, right? Like are, are we, um, you know, that we can, we can think about disharmonies of yin and yang within each organ system, right? So let's say that we are stressed out, but experiencing digestive issues. It's like, that can be, um, you know, but also insomnia. It's like, well, let's look at the root cause of what's going awry in this person's ecosystem. And because really, and that, and that's really kind of gets at the interconnectedness of all things that, that Chinese medicine is so good at identifying and that and that really if we look at the whole of what's going on in a person's body and their lifestyle and it and come to it and be able to tell a story about all these things that are co-arising that the symptoms are like the branches of the tree but the underlying pathology that gives rise to them is like the roots of the tree mm-hmm. and so we we always like to treat root and branch in chinese medicine and we treat them with 
well, an acupuncturist could sling needles or prescribe herbs, talk to you about lifestyle and diet. But I really see in my coaching work that applying Chinese medicine philosophy to our lives, it's, I mean, that's really kind of the most potent way that we can be our own self healers is mm -hmm. that understanding that, that, um, the, that like, you know, that, that finding our way back to the way of nature helps everything unfold in harmony in the body. And so, and Chinese medicine has thousands of years of wisdom about how to do that. And a lot of it is honoring, honoring natural cycles, honoring yin and yang, honoring the cycles of the year and the cycles of the day and the cycles of the month and recognizing where we are in those cycles as opposed to living as though, um, as though we are these mechanical beings or right. that we're like these mind body and separate and you know that and and every day is the same and we should treat you know it's a it's just fundamentally um we can't pretend that we are not part of nature even though kind of like that cartesian i think therefore i am mind body yeah. split that um that happened a few hundred years ago that kind of dominates medical thinking for the most part um so anyway i am i I could talk about Chinese medicine all day long, but I won't. I'll let you get back to asking me questions. <laughs> no, I think that's a yeah. great understanding, and it, it's so true. And I think that it gets to the heart of radical self-care because we do tend to treat ourselves like machines and that we are supposed to be able to program a schedule and follow it and have input, endless inputs and endless outputs but we're just not made that way. Just like right. the weather changes every single day and several times a day, you know, we, we are living beings that are constantly changing and our needs at 12 o'clock might noon might not be the same at 3.30 PM. And I, I think that because of our industrial society, we've really tried to jam ourselves into a machine or Cartesian mentality. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of our health problems are because of it. Oh, yeah. And so the degree to which we women can recognize our inherent uh, nature as ever-changing beings and flowing and honor that, I think that's a huge part of radical self-care. Uh, definitely. And that <laughs> honoring part, I think, is where self-compassion comes in, right? Because it, it is, it's recognizing that, that uh, first of all, that, that it also implies mindfulness, recognizing what is going on for you in a given moment and like oh yeah so i've been i've been working for an hour and now it's time for me to get up and drink some water and stretch my legs and go outside you know like that it, and and even just 10 minutes of recognizing what you need in a given moment giving that to yourself as best you can that uh that then it's much easier to uh, like it's it's a much more self-compassionate way of being um and getting on in the world and recognizing that, yeah, like if we're not supposed to have emotions between the hours of eight and five, or if we're not supposed to, I mean, like, it's just unrealistic. And, you know, and, and so, and so often, I mean, I think about myself in college, like I was basically using my body to prop up my head, you know, and, and that was like, really, like, it took a very long time before recognizing that, like, yeah, oh, all of this is important, even if, if all of this isn't useful and, you know, in some sort of way. Um, and so just recognizing that. But, um, 
that yeah that there's there's more to life than the than the the singular dimension that we might conceive of ourselves as as being um, important within right that there's these different spheres of life and even operating within a sphere of life like work or like home or 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 whatever that that having bodies isn't an impediment it's like that we actually when we honor that there's quite a lot of intuition and wisdom that we can mine you know and and a lot of um even like the sort of the all the studies on like high performers these days mm-hmm. i find fascinating about the value of play the value of rest yeah. right that like all high performers know that in order to source energy consistently they need to get really good sleep and there's like awesome data about the importance of sleep and yet it's still kind of like hasn't filtered down to the to the level of um, where it's like mainstream for us to be really prioritizing that oh right screens need to be going off earlier in the evening so that we're not blocking our melatonin production so that we can go to sleep early so we can get up and have a morning routine and check in with ourselves before we jump into either being parents or being uh, people who are working in the world or people who are um it, just like whatever is is our main focus of life and so it but that we are essentially not neglecting any dimension of who we are, including our bodies, including our spirits, including our intuition, including our yin. And what's interesting is I think that there's a lot of individuality in what we need in these different arenas. For instance, I'm very introverted and need a lot of time by myself and I need a lot of time in nature and other people they might need to be around people more. Yes. And really setting our lives up to honor that. So what's radical self-care looks like for me probably doesn't look the same for everybody. Such a good point. I mm-hmm. think that that idea that we are, you know, of different elemental types, right? We are all different and that knowing and understanding what helps you recharge is a huge importance of designing your own uh, rock-solid, non-negotiable self-care routine. Let's, let's talk about in the, in the few minutes we have left, what, what would be some components that people might want to integrate into that for themselves? And I, I think one of the things we just talked about is yeah. being around other people versus solace. Yeah, we yeah. all need connection. Like connection is a, is a huge, uh, bit factor that contributes to, uh, mortality and longevity for women, right? Whether or not we're connected to a sense of community. And so it, so we, we absolutely need to be maintaining relationships and friendships with people that we care about and people that we love, but the amount of time that we spend with those people that we love may vary widely depending on our individual needs for solitude and things like that. So there's that sort of, that's, that could be a yin yang axis, you know, from water to fire. Like all of us have that need for connection. All of us have that need for solitude, Mm -hmm. uh, no matter who you are. Um, And so, so finding time for both is absolutely Mm -hmm. important. Finding time for, um, to align with what matters most, right? That, that is, um, is so a dimension of like, are we paying attention to what, what's most important on a soul level, right? That like what, Mm -hmm. that, so checking in with whatever that is every day. You know, so if you're an artist, are you making art on a regular basis? If you are, um, if you were someone who feels connected to nature, are you getting out in nature every day? You know, like that. So, so whatever it is that makes you feel like open and expansive or connected or alive, are you doing those things? Are you doing what you love and what makes you feel purposeful? 
also there's uh, I think just part of the part of the the everyday the part of that auto uh, automating the mundane bit is making sure that we are uh, that well that there is a a balance of activity and rest right so like there there's the doing and the being and are are we honoring both of those pieces because we're going to need both of those at different times in our lives no matter what we what we might have going on or um if we have an illness or if we have you know if it's just where we are in a monthly cycle where we are with what's going on with our families that it's we're going to require more or less time of just downtime versus active time right um i think that we all need to be you know like that uh, to feel like we are contributing to the welfare of others, you know, and so, and, and like that, the degree to like, how much of that are we, ca- are, can we engage in because um, it, and versus when do we need to step back? Um, so, so again, like sort of a, an outward versus inward, where are we putting our energy and attention? And then um, are we able to have just like the basic legs of the stool of of being able to to show up in a way where we have presence and energy and usually that's going to require it's going to be like food that we can digest um movement of our bodies um time and yeah adequate sleep time to connect with ourselves and time for what matters most you know it's like that if you can if you can get those things on autopilot then it's like it's amazing how much more you can accomplish and with far more ease and actually ease is another is another habit that i encourage people to automate is like being able to to find a way to move through the world so that life is not a constant emergency and that may be the most important thing the most important like the, the term keystone habit gets kicked around like the habit that helps all the other habits stay in place uh, kind of like supporting the arches of um the arch of a, of a door frame and so yeah it's like if we can figure out how to live a philosophy of how we can live in the world in a way where we can take things in stride where we have things in perspective. And for a lot of us, that means like being able to have a, a practice of either mindfulness, meditation, qigong, um, is something that takes us outside the flow of thought so that we can observe it from with a sense of perspective and keep it in perspective. Yeah, I love that. That, that the overarching keystone of going about life as if everything weren't an emergency. And I oftentimes have to remind myself, this, it's not an emergency if I get there a couple minutes yeah. later. Okay. You know, just go through my day like, oh, I have to do this and I have to do that. And I have to do this and just be present. And I love to set intentions for the day. I have a girlfriend and we actually talk every morning and we set intentions for the day. And oftentimes I set that intention to be where my feet are. <laughs> Nice. Oh, I love that. And it's great, right? Because if, if you start your day from a place of intentionality, you're much more likely to feel as though you've accomplished something at the end of the day and to not feel like life is overwhelming or frustrating, which is so often what um, what I hear from clients who are quote unquote stressed out, right? That just, just deciding that like, oh yeah, here's where my energy is going to go today. Here's who needs me on my A game today. Here's what's really important, you know, like, and, be, and getting really clear on what those priorities are um, because we don't have infinite capacity and that's actually what makes my life meaningful yes so Brody you shared so much meaningful information that I think given everybody listening a lot to consider in their lives about um, how to really nurture and be compassionate 
for themselves. And I'd love it if you could give your top three take action tips, things that they could just do today that are simple, that could start moving them more towards compassionate and comprehensive self-care. Okay, I have, first of all, a challenge. Okay. Do less than you're (laughs) capable of today, right? So just like whatever you think you need to be doing, like dial it back. (laughs) Just what would that be like? Um, This is a check your yang addiction sort of experiment. (laughs) Okay. Um, The others I I would say is ask yourself um, is like that developing a practice of presence moment to moment. So where you, where you check in throughout the day, maybe set a little timer on your phone or like decide that you're going to do this before you put anything in your mouth, whether that's water or food and just take a moment, close your eyes and check in and just, just be with yourself just for a minute and just uh, because that's a a little presence practice of coming back to the moment, coming back to, as you said, like being where your feet are, right? Being where your body is in that moment because right action can only arise in the moment. It's not something that you can figure out in advance. It must be present, must be present to win. And then, um, and the third thing I would say is, is consider, um, you know, maybe perhaps in one of those moments of presence, ask yourself whether in this dimension of life, whatever it is that you're focused on, like, do you need more yin or do you need more yang right now? You know, like which direction do you need to go in? Um, and then figure out and then figure out a very small, concrete, actionable step that will get you closer to that goal. I love those. Those are beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing them. Welcome. And the name of the podcast is Her Brilliant Health. I'd love it if you could share what that means to you. Well, I think it's sort of what we've been talking about, that Her Brilliant Health um, can only be um, the the full expression of imbo- and embodiment of who she was born to be. I love that. Thank you so much. Thank you for your wisdom and and I love this and self-respect and you've got some gifts for them. Um, self-care is so much more. And what made me think of it is the manifesto. I love that. that yeah. You website. <laughs> yes, I have a self-care yeah. manifesto suitable for printing out and putting above your computer yes. or on your fridge or wherever you'll see it to remind you that you are not uh, or that you are just as important um, as anything that you have to do. And so if you need that reminder that you are worth taking care of, um, and that you have the right to take care of yourself even before the dishes are done and all those emails are answered, um, you can go to brodywelch.com. I believe it's forward slash manifesto, but I think you'll probably have it in the notes. Yeah, I also have a, um, a common-centered bundle of breathing break and a little qigong. Um, it's sort of the world's simplest qigong that involves breathing with our arms and guiding energy down to our lower body um, as we do as we do in Qigong and so uh, people can download those for free at BrodyWelch.com I also have a uh, biohacks to relieve stress book at the which is at the footer of basically every page on my website Um, and yeah so all kinds of goodies there and um, also just uh, if you're interested in this energetics of life Chinese medicine stuff to tune into a healthy curiosity each and every week where I talk to experts and, and sort of jump in with my two cents about what that's like from a Chinese medicine perspective. I love it. Lots of tools to help support you on your journey. Thank you so much, Brody, for the work that you do and for all the wisdom that you've shared today. So many blessings. Oh, thank you so much. Many blessings to you as well. And thanks so much for having me on your show. Thank you for being here. 
Thank you for joining me for this episode of Her Brilliant Health Radio. Hopefully you are inspired to take action on some new information you received today. A step towards the bountiful, blissful, beautiful vitality that you deserve. If you have health topics and questions you'd like addressed, please message me on my Facebook page or visit KieranDunstonMD.com and let me know. I'd love to help. Remember to share this podcast on social media and send it to your friends and family who could benefit from it too. If you love the show, please go right now to iTunes, write a review, and make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you'll be the first to know when future episodes are available. Thank you again for joining me. And remember, achieving optimal health isn't magic, it's science.